0: You see the time count down now. 35 seconds, Now, Quintana needs to get to this line now. Nomelle has produced a
1: supreme effort. He's got 26 seconds to go. Tom de is a rider for the future in the Grand Tours because, uh, also in the Tour de France, because he showed this time that he could already compete with guys like Quintana, who are the big climbers, with Vincenzo Nibali. So, I think in the the future he's going to win the Tour de France. He's he's able to win the Tour de France and uh, to compete with guys like Chris Froome. I think Chris Froome should be shaking a little bit loud. I'm Hans Röggenberg from the Telegraph in the Netherlands. Tom Dumoulin will celebrate this victory with big bottles of beer, a little bit of champagne, I heard him say so, and also going back home tomorrow uh, with his family going to barbecue with his friends and uh, probably eat a lot of meat and everything, but uh, that's the way he's going to celebrate this thing.
0: Hello, thanks for joining Cycling Journals on the Road.
2: Giro d'Italia, stage 21 just finished behind us in Piazza del Duomo. I'm here with Andy Hood and Rupert Guinness enjoying an aperitivo in the Piazza. The Duomo's right behind our back. The Giro's over our shoulders. Boys, what did you make of it? I'm glad it's over, mate.
3: <laughs> long Giro. As Roy Sutherland said the other day, everyone's mentally and physically on their knees. And I have to say that goes for me as well. It's been trouble with the Iran's
2: broken my spirit. I do, that to, I do that to the strongest of men. Rupert, I mean, did you think Tom Dumoulin was going to come away with the pink jersey at the start of today? And did you think at the start of the Giro that he, that he would have won this Giro d'Italia? He's 26-years-old Dutchman Tom Dumoulin, who won the Giro d'Italia today by 31 seconds over Nairo Quintana. Well, I didn't think he would win it at the beginning. I thought he'd be in the fray. Um, and then there was a
1: period where I thought he would win it. But then I thought he wouldn't win it, but when I thought, this, I thought Nibali would, would uh, come up. Th- this is all today? Oh, no, 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 this morning. No, no, this morning I definitely felt that he would uh, win it unless there was some disaster or unless there was a circumstance like Cadell Evans had in 2008 when everyone was saying he was going to win the Tour de France in the final time trial because uh, Carlos Sastra wouldn't be able to do it and Carlos Sastra did do it. So I was like 95% sure, but I always keep that 5%
2: extra for the what-ifs. Andy Hood, we we're talking in the car today on these kind of last-day grand tour disasters. They don't come along very often in grand tours. Why is that we don't see these, these not disasters, but these turnarounds for the for the leaders jersey in the, 12, in the, in the Tour de France and the Vuelta or here in the Giro? Yeah, I think that the
3: big difference between the Giro and the Vuelta and the tour is the tour is so controlled. Um, that's what I think was good about this Giro as we saw, in fact, I was talking to Kim Anderson yesterday, the track, like a Fredo sports director. And he's an old Dane, real uh, relaxed, kind of reserved guy. He was so excited yesterday when I asked him about his thoughts on this drill, and he was literally just saying, This is a great race, this is what we wanted to see in cycling. Like, like, all the favorites just mano mano on that last climb, fighting out for the podium, fighting to the bitter end. Because the tour is so controlled, you get a big team like Team Sky, other teams in the past, just smother the race. The race is over at the first time trial. And in this Giro, man, it came down to today.
2: And they were all their hands and knees uh, yesterday when we finished up in Asiago going over the, the FOSA climb, was it? We drove down at late at night coming into our hotel, you know, Rupert enjoyed that that backseat drive uh, heading down the FOSA to our hotel near Pizzano del Grappa. Uh, I mean, why is it we don't get many of these upsets on the final day in Grand Tours, Rupert? Well, because they don't have many time trials on the last
1: day, and uh, we are talking about it today in the car about how, you know, I mean, the idea of a Grand Tours to have the strongest rider win, you know, you can have Grand Tours where, which are heavily stacked for mountains, for, for climbers, with mountains, or you can have Grand Tours which don't have really have enough mountains to test or split the field. But they call the time trial the race of truth and the truth is the strongest rider wins and the strongest rider has won here and uh, Tom Dumoulin, he can he can climb well, you know, he's riding Blockhouse, I think really was significant in the psychological uh, contest because it showed, gee, you know, he can, he can compete with Quintana on that climb there. Tom, to his credit, did say oh, that was just a flat stage, and then you got one climb to the finish that suits him because of his time-trialing cap- capabilities to ride tempo and then look after him. But, you know, like he, he matched every challenge afterwards, really. And uh, I, we definitely had the strongest, and we got the best winner here.
2: We're going to hear from Ike Aviesbeck now on what this Giro d'Italia Grand Tour win means for Tom Dumoulin. Expected uh, from Tom today?
0: Was it an expected victory? You guys are a little nervous today? Uh, no, we were not sure. We knew we, we were just focused on that we needed to re- put a really good time trial on the road today. And uh, as, as I said, we, we talked about having good legs and bad legs. I said everybody has bad legs today, and we—it's one thing—and that is the, the mentality, the, the mental part of it that you keep that you keep keep fighting, and did uh, you turn it around. We knew also in the last part that the heat was going to be an, uh, an issue. Uh, but uh, yeah, he did it fantastically. I mean, he stayed focused and he kept fighting and that is, that is what he needed to do today. I was, I was kind of expecting that we would be close to the podium, but uh, yeah, it, when we hit it off in Foligno and everything went pretty okay until then, but of course we lost Wilco, which was a big loss. But after Foligno, uh, I knew that there was a realistic chance that, it, that that we would be fighting till the end for the victory. But uh, I was not taking anything for granted.
2: This, is just, this isn't just a one-off victory for Tom Dumoulin in the Grand Tour. This is part of a
0: long-term Grand Tour plan for him. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, uh, I, this is the first real big uh, challenge for us. We prepared it for months, but it's the first real run into a Grand Tour and trying to win it. So I mean, I think we still have a, have a, a, a we can still improve a lot. You are listening to Cycling Journals on the Road.
2: Andy Hood, Nairo Quintana finished this Giro d'Italia 31 seconds down and and by the crowds here in Piazza del Duomo, he was the favorite to win this race and uh, the fans came out, all the Colombians, but we didn't see the super Nairo Quintana that that I think we all expected to see. He was the pre-race favorite to win this overall, uh, to win the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, it was was tough to
3: get a read on uh, Nairo during this Giro because you know he came in as the big favorite that first throw down in blockhouse he really kind of put his stamp on the race thirty seconds uh... right off the gun it looked like Nairo was going to be able to ride away with it and he really just couldn't follow through after that after that he had troubles at a uh, Europa you know Tom Dumoulin came over him in that stage and then after that time trial you know just kind of really put uh... Nairo on the back foot and he was telling today that he felt a little bit sick on the stage to Piancavallo the other day, which uh, maybe explains why, but, you know, he came into the race a little bit, I think, short of peak form. You know, the Giro Tour double's a big ask, and I think they Thought that Nairo, just on his pure class, he kind of just ride through this Giro. You know, he's a smart rider. He's never going to get dropped too much. And they just thought that they would be able to get rid of Dumoulin. And they probably expected Dumoulin to take that big time, but they never expected him to be as good he was, as he was in the mountains.
2: Yeah, and Tom Dumoulin didn't think that as well. Now, Quintana, of course, gained like around a minute, a minute nine seconds on, on Piancavallo two days ago. Uh, but he would circled it in his road book and said that was the stage where he wanted to make some big gains on Tom Dumoulin. And I think he said that morning. He just woke up feeling sick. So, I mean, you know, what, what, what would have happened had, had, had Nairo been going well in the morning? Had we would have seen the Nairo from the 2016 Vuelta a España? Uh, what would have, you know, where would he have been? Rupert Guinness, wh- where does this put uh, Nairo Quintana going into the double now? I mean, do, do you think we're going to see a refreshed Nairo Quintana take on Froome at, at the tour like we all hope? Or is it now, you know, looking at Roman Roman Bardet, to Esteban Chavez to take on Froome? Good question, Ron. Well, one thing is certain, he's not but, going to do
1: the double. He's not he's going not to win. Win. Yeah, that's because to do the double, you could have to win the Giro. Exactly. You don't keep it simple to start with. Oh, yeah. No, but uh, I mean, you have to wonder what the impact psychologically will be on Quintana by him uh, having fallen short of the double. That's what he put his hand up for, so that's what he's got to be accountable for. Now, physically, he's got a short turnaround because it seems like the tour is starting earlier than normal. I mean, it seems like there's only two... It's like Andy said about how long of the tour... Centers? It always comes around much sooner than we want it. <laughs> I know, maybe that's just me, my read on it, I think. Um, uh, no, look, for, for, for Quintana, he's... Uh, yeah, a lot of other teams and riders would have been looking at Quintana's performance here with a view to the Tour de France. Certainly, David Brailsford at Sky spoke about that. Um, I suggest Matt White has probably done that at Oracle Scott. They've been detailing... Information on on Quintana with a view to the Tour de France, because both those teams are going to have um, they're going to be major players in the tour. The freshness of Esteban Chavez, Richie Port, um, Simon Yates uh, as well, um, and uh, the other could Roman by Bardet. Ray- Bardet, Sorry, you mentioned that. Yeah, Roman Bardet. That's that's gonna it's going to bring a new impetus into the tour. I reckon the tour is going to be faster and harder, and and I I really believe. N- Nairo is going to be, uh, st- you know, s- stretched. And I think we're going to see a similar result what we saw with Alberto Contador back in uh, 2015. I think it was back in uh, was it
2: 2015 with a, uh, no, or, or further back, maybe like 2000.
1: Uh, no, 11, we we've done
2: this before in another podcast. But 11. Contador had won the Giro and went to the Tour de France and finished only fifth. fifth. Uh, but at least he had won the Giro. Quintana hasn't done that. And I'm not so sure he's going to win the Tour de France. And Andy, what does this do to for for the future? I mean, are we ever going to see someone else, one of these big stars, come out over the winter and say, "I'm going to attempt the double"? I think the only guy that will do it will be Froome.
3: I think Froome will do it eventually. I think uh, he wants that fourth uh, yellow jersey. And maybe he wants to win. You know, get the fifth. Yeah, yeah. And maybe when he gets that fifth in the pocket, he'll try to do the Giro-Tour double. But. Who knows, maybe he'll be, you know, he's already, what I think, 33 this year, so, you know, maybe Froome won't ever do it, because he still wants to win the Welta. so, he's going to do Giro, he's going to do Tour Welta. so, Tour Welta Giro Tour, that'd be four grand tours in a row if he did it next year, the double, so it's not going to happen next year, it has to be a, you know, if he does the Tour Vuelta, then he would... Do the tour, skip the wealth, and then do the Giro tour. So that would be two more years down the road. So I don't think we're going to see it for for a while.
2: You, you lost me back when you started <laughs> <to> talking <laughs> uh, who's on first base, what's on second. It was very Scenario. easy. It was, it was very easy. Well, you, you know, guys, we're doing the double. We're going to be back for the Tour de France. Uh, different cars, different arrangements. But uh, we're doing the double. Guys, it's been a beautiful Giro d'Italia. I appreciate you joining me here for the whole ride. And I'm doing the Triple Crown, baby. <laughs> Andy's doing the Triple Crown. Uh, I think I'll be in for a bit of the Vuelta. Ru- Rupert's promising a, a return somewhere. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in the triple, triple Crown. I did the two that under first. There you go. <laughs> and, and so, uh, yeah, we'll be back, uh, guys. Signing off from uh, the Piazza del Duomo. Salute. Men. Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to Cycling Journals on the Road.